The Third Man Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! Third Men Podcast, the Jack White and Third Man Records History Program, and I am your co-host, Paul Kaminsky. I'm your other co-host, James Kaminsky, and today, we've got a third co-host-ish, Yeah, sort of. We, we have somebody who we disappoint with some regularity Yeah, joining us <laughs> on the show today, <laughs> who tolerates us, and we are very much appreciative of it, and it makes us happy, and it's Ben Blackwell, and he's here. How's it going? Hi, it's Ben. going fine. I've been hey Ben. I've been badgering Paul with this for about five days now. How do you like the nickname, the Cast Clown? The Cast Clown. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, wow. cool. All right, he took it. I, he took it, and now I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, I was betting. No. I used to. I used to get in, uh, in. There was a name floating around. I think it was maybe more so uh, ascribed to my brother in high school, and that was that was Snackwell. And uh, pretty good. good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It, you know, I was just telling someone yesterday. You you don't get to pick your nickname. A nickname that has not aged well because the Snackwells no longer exist. Right. Attention shoppers! Reduced fat Snackwells cream sandwich cookies have just arrived in aisle three. That's aisle three. <laughs> You know, there's other reduced fat cookies besides snack wells. Oh, we tasted them, Cookie Man. You eat them. You have to be of a certain age. I had someone yeah. talking to me. They were saying, they were talking about possible baby names. And they're like, we really like Soleil. 
And I was like, eh, like, what do you mean? I was like, well, it just makes me think of Punky Brewster, Soleil Moon Fry. And they're like, who's that? I'm like, <laughs> you were born in the 90s, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, it was. There you go. People of a certain age are only going to think of that if you name your child Soleil. <laughs> yeah, no. We I had that happen to me the other day. Somebody said a word. They were we were kind of trying to come up with a villain name or something, and it was like, it sounded like Olestra, and I was like, oh, isn't that <laughs> a th- isn't that the thing that made people poop in the nineties? <laughs> I believe the actual uh, symptom was leaky anus. That's right. <laughs> with Olestra, also a good nickname. Yeah. Uh, also, a also a good villain. Also the leaky ain't it. Let me tell you, Batman had a lot of cleaning to do that night. Alfred was pissed. <laughs> um, well, on that note, uh, we, we turned this into somewhat of a tradition. We really are grateful, uh, Ben, all kidding aside, are, for you joining us here today. Because last year, we got together and did a Third Man Records 2020 year in review which was super cool. And this year, in light of the season and the traditions and all that, we're sitting down with you again to talk a little bit about some of the cool stuff that happened at Third Man Records in 2021. And there's quite a list here, Ben. There's, you've been busy, busy people. What's your I guess, first yeah. question? I mean, that's all, that's, all I, that's all we know. I, I don't think we've ever slowed down since day one. It seems like we've kind of just had pedal to the metal since... Uh, 2009 yeah well let's let's do that then let's pedal to the metal into these things because we've got a few things we want to cover and we're gonna we're gonna kind of go down the list here chronologically and only we're gonna talk about some highlights there's no way we could possibly talk about all of it no way all right but right we've got some highlights and we promise we didn't just trap you here to talk about paul mccartney for another 90 minutes (laughs) (laughs) although we did since then uh we did a whole iggy pop deep dive and learned a lot about you know, that whole thing. You were very excited about the Iggy Pop and me and Paul just kept wanting to talk about Paul McCartney. So I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. but we, we, we love the, the Iggy stuff. Awesome. Anyway, so January, we'll start there. The Vault 47 was announced live at the Masonic Temple. First of all, amazing vault packaging. Yep. Wow, chef's oh, kiss, got beautiful. Mine. got mine right here. I don't know if you can see it. But, well, it's faded, but I've got mine. There you go. Hell yeah. Yeah. So what's the process like for choosing these live gig kind of specific vaults do you and jack have like a running tally of compelling shows or venues that you kind of build vault packages around or is there just like this particular one seems like a good fit for this time what thought process goes into those it's just a snapshot of where we are at that moment where we need to you know we need to plan manufacturing we need to plan you know we we might know what the next two vault packages are, but we don't know what this one is. So if you know, okay, um, we're going to do the white blood cells anniversary package. At this point, you can't do another white stripes package immediately preceding that. It's a little bit like, you know, um, it's like spinning plates. Around in chairs, but that's not for you. 
you've been looking all around for years for someone to tell your troubles to. Come sit with me and talk a while. We had, I guess, a little bit of inside knowledge. We had originally slated, based on our conversations, the Bob Dylan bootleg series vault package was supposed to be the first, the first vault package of the year. Mm-hmm. And that got postponed. Uh, the timing wasn't right. The timing wasn't working or anything like that. And so we're, it wasn't like last minute or anything. We had, we had decent enough head time, but I think we'd originally thought that maybe a Jack White live vault package would come later in the year. Yeah. And so it was just like, okay, well, let's just, let's flip those two since we, we can work with the, the, the Jack White stuff. It doesn't involve, another record label doesn't involve another artist's team, things like that. It's a little bit more uh, self-contained in, in a positive way. And so in regards to the selection of that show, I was there in attendance that night. And I just remember uh, Swank was there. A lot of third man folks there, just kind of everyone being like, holy shit, that was a great show. And I saw it, I saw it immediately on social media that everyone who was at that show made sure to mention all over their social media that they were at that show <laughs> and how amazing it was. And it was like, wow, I, for, I, I never took that into account that people's own personal involvement with a performance or with a, a live show can be like one of the greatest publicity factors. People say, holy shit, I was at the show. It was amazing. You should sign up. I think that that helped propel it. goes out to Italy Records again where we put on our first records in Detroit I think that the Italy Records headquarters still stands to this day you might want to go drive by it come on Daru sugar never tasted so good Sugar never tasted so good. Sugar never tasted good to me. Yeah. Until her eyes crossed over. Till her mind crossed over. Till her stood the next to me. Yeah. In addition to, let's not forget the the live seven inch of the uh saturday, saturday live right yeah which was you know still hot on everyone's lips at that point hey thanks for that by the way that's great that's the, that's the yeah. kind of shit that i love in these vaults that kind of stuff where it's like a little offbeat yeah. it was it was uh I, they don't do that very often at saturday night live they don't really license that stuff very often i could only think i could only find like maybe two examples there's like a pearl jam thing and a, a paul simon thing i think maybe, uh, maybe. costello right didn't uh, the radio radio thing come out at some point yeah, I think so. Maybe. Um, but I mean, you think of forty plus years of musical performances, and you're and you're picking, what's like four of them, <laughs> that have been like officially released. It's not it's not an easy process, but right. um, we made it happen. If it, if it wasn't going to happen in that vault package, it would have never happened. You know, it kind of had to be hot on the heels. But I'm I'm glad we were able to do that. That was like a, that's like the the third man, push it over the edge thing like that. That four LP was it four LPs? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so four four LPs in in the 
you know, on different jackets, blah, 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 all that stuff would have been enough. Um, but for us, it was like, let's just do, let's just push it over the top and really, really blow it out. And I, I think that that was accomplished. I have to say, I love it. Uh, whenever the vaults come in their own little uh, yes. box set, uh, it it looks so nice on the shelf, and it's it feels like such a nice package to have. So I I really appreciate um, when they when they come like that. And the Rob Jones artwork is yeah beautiful. He he outdid himself on on these. So uh, very very exciting. What about uh, what about the run out grooves? Can we talk about the run out grooves on that one. I. Uh, I mean, I don't know person? if I've seen them. You know what? Am, <laughs> am I stumping you guys? You yeah. are. Wait, I'm looking. I'm Pull it up. it up here. It's a quote from the performance. No way. Yeah, it's spread across. Is it? Is it mother fucking Ted Nugent? <laughs> <laughs> that is the inscription on the final side runner. Yes. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because the highlight of that show was just him yelling at the crowd about Ted Nugent. There's so many beautiful Jack quote moments. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say of all of his tours, and we've seen a lot of them, that was my favorite. Uh, (laughs) It was the most special tour. I think James and I saw that tour something like three times. And And the Bonnaroo Vault alone. Like I know. you could hear. Oh, yeah. Like, well, so that's the other one. That's the other beautiful quote where he, when the lanterns are going up and he's like, what would an alien say? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, we, all right. So I'm going to, we're going to jump here. going to cover some more ground here, but yeah. uh, the last thing in January that we'll cover here was uh, we've got some Natalie Bergman stuff, obviously that came out in 2021. I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about how your paths crossed with Natalie. Was she, or was Wild Bell in the orbit for a little while before being signed? I think, I think Swank was in, in the loop on Wild Bell early on. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Yeah, I think I think he was, but the the way Natalie's stuff, her solo stuff, came to us was, it was being mastered by Warren DeFever, who um, who works at Third Man Mastery, right. and so he had done work with Wild Bell and Natalie and her brother. Her brother had uh, spent time in some bands in Michigan, Ann Arbor area, and so they had a pre existing relationship. And he really, really loved it. And, and kind of, you know, sometimes this is how these, these deals go down, which is he said, hey, man, are you cool if I send this to the folks at Third Man? Like, I think they would really dig it. Yeah. Like, it seems like it's up their alley. And they're like, yeah, sure. sent it um and yeah you know thumbs up all around from our end we really really dug it and uh you know it's a it's a different take it's something that uh wasn't uh it wasn't completely you know there wasn't really a comparison out there so it's it's nice to to take a leap and explore those realms you know this kind of indie take on 
spiritual music, gospel music, whatever your terminology is for it. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that was uh, people who picked up on that and understood it and got it is exactly what we were hoping they would get from it, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, we're both Catholics, so we're not very religious at all. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, we, I can't even think of the last time something gospely crossed my path, but what's striking about those songs is they're just great pop songs. And it's sort of like the religion can either hit you or not, but that sort of stands on its own. Although I wonder if when that was coming out, was there ever the thought of, are people going to be weirded out by like, right. Cause when religion joins the conversation, things tend to get a little bit more, obviously Jack is hugely religious. So. Well, it's a, it's a curveball, you know, it's not what people are expecting for lack of a better descriptor, our indie world. Right. Um, that is not what people are expecting. They're expecting the complete opposite, but it, yeah, if you want to take something from it, if you want to feel that you can't, but if not, you can still enjoy the performance and the, yeah. the presentation of it all. That can go for anything that can be if you're talking about you know conspiracy theories or 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 god or you know what would aliens think um, <laughs> any of that stuff it would all it would all uh, apply so yeah. um yeah we're, we're extremely happy to be partnered with natalie on that i think that was a, a absolute highlight of 2021 for sure yeah it's it's a it's a beautiful album and uh i and honestly i've been trying to get people who aren't in the third man uh, kind of orbit to to pick it up and listen to it because it's got um, I would say it's got the throwbacky kind of qualities of an Amy Winehouse you know where it can feel timeless and it doesn't I don't know I I love it so much I, that's a it's a great album. We're going to move on to February now, uh, in which uh, the Nugs release of uh, the Jack White and the Bricks at the Gold Dollar, which was a vault release previously. Uh, I did read your Nugs letter that, that you wrote, um, which is saying, yeah, yes, it's beautiful. I particularly liked your kind of musings on the the Gold Dollar uh, burning down, which was, I guess, it's a it's an abandoned building, <laughs> and uh, I was thrown off completely that Third Man had been asked to interested in rebuilding or recreating and that's that's something nuts it was weird it's oh it, so it was it was part of property that olympia entertainment which is basically um the illich family who owns the detroit tigers they own the detroit red wings um they own a lot of stuff in town um they had hoovered up that property 
on the off chance that they would need it to make a construction project happen for, for their new hockey arena, Little Caesars Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't, they ended up not needing it. And so they're like, and we got all this property. And I think the city was like, hey, you guys bought this and it's been kind of just sitting here for a while. This is, I think when we toured, it was maybe uh, the storefront was already open. Is that 2016, 2017-ish? Yeah, I think so. 2016 sounds right. And it was just like, like I say in that that essay I wrote, it was the first time I'd ever legally entered the building, <laughs> which was pretty. <laughs> was wearing a wearing a hard hat with a bunch of you know uh, representatives from this huge corporation, um, but it was just there was no there there. It was barely four walls and a collapsing roof, and you know the back wall at the Gold Dollar was was all like mirrored glass. It was like mirror uh, twelve by twelve panels, I guess. And that was all gone. The stage had, you know, a bunch of it had been pulled up. So there was, it wasn't even, you know, where anyone had stood was there under flooring of the stage. It was Mm -hmm. just like the bar, the top of the bar had been removed. It was just nothing. Even if they, like I said in that that write up, there had been a discussion. You guys could have this for a, a dollar a year lease. And it was like, okay, but it's still probably a million dollars to to get this in any sort of anything like even like even if we just wanted storage which for pressing records running a pressing plant you always need storage it was like even if we just have this for storage it's not it's not worth it and we're not really in the game of like trying to rebuild this place that existed 20 years ago to try and capture a moment it just wasn't in the cards for us and I don't know. I, I think I, I still stand by like I, I'm. I'm more focused on the memories that I have from that time than the latitude and longitude at which they they will happen. It's a healthy, healthy attitude, I think. Probably, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think you made your point pretty clearly in in the essay and and here for that matter because it it's a different scene now and I don't think like it could make money on the tourist front and the third man records I think it could. fan front. I don't but think like, it could. Well, that's the thing. It, it would take decades probably to make the money back, and then at that point you're you know investing too. It just it seems like a strange. It's not like the cavern or something in that it's well, in the. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they they filled in the freaking cavern, so like that's the same that's thing. I mean, the, but it's you've already got the the Cass corridor location. Yeah. Well, it's like, like what, would, what would we what would we even try to do there? We're not we weren't right. interested in trying to run a bar. Right. We have a live performance venue. Uh, I think it's point six miles down the street. <laughs> like we're not going to try to set another club up. Like really, what what should be done there? And it's like eh, there's just there's nothing there's nothing for us and and. Yeah, I don't. I, it's the the lot is empty now. There's nothing happening there, and I'm okay with that. I don't know how everyone else feels, but didn't seem yeah. like it. Didn't seem like the 20 years that it was empty that anyone 
tried to do anything with it or ever had this, uh, you know, the outrage and the, and the pearl clutching and the hand wringing only took place after it caught on fire to which, yeah. Yeah. We we talked to Neil Yee a couple of years ago and he, we were trying to get his perspective on all this stuff. And he, he told us he was on some kind of sojourn or something and and he was a little vague and he talked to us for a little while and then it sort of petered out but i don't know if you guys ever kept in touch with him at all yeah i mean uh he's uh you know most of the gold dollar live recordings that we've put out have come from him it might be all of them wow Mm -hmm. he ran soundboard recordings for a lot of the shows that happened there not all of them but a lot of them and so we we got into an agreement with him to be able to uh release those so it's you know it's jack white and the bricks it's two star it's the go it's all the white stripes ones There's a handful, I think there's like half a two-star show and maybe two more White Stripes shows that people haven't heard yet. Wow. Well, I'd love to hear that two-star show. Yeah, it's, uh, I read the notes from that box that I think we took one song from, from the unheard two-star show and put it on the one because um, I think it was Zigzag Springs, maybe, or Jesus and Tequila, something, something that, that wasn't right in the version that we had. Yeah. And Dan from Two Stars was like, just grab the other one. And it's like, let's just make this sound as good as it can. Like, there aren't really rules here. Like, yeah, yeah, you're actually right. <laughs> Whatever we're doing. <laughs> but yeah, so he he'd been uh, he'd been helpful in that regard. Neil is, uh, yeah, he's he's one of those guys who, in, in my experience, you never know where he's going to show up. <laughs> um, so I'll get like, it'll be a message like, hey. Jack's playing in Iceland. Can you get me on the list? Uh, uh, you're in Iceland? Yeah, I'm in Iceland. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Have some fun. Say hi to Bjork for me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, moving on to another release uh, from this year with with Danny Croa. We had spoken to to Danny about uh, the Detroit Blues that was released in February and about the new record. And, and he had mentioned that there was a sort of standing, let's do another one sort of thing that kind of led to the timing of this release. ever uh, expressed interest in a in a third man release in in, in a similar sort of way because it's been a minute since we've heard new dirt bombs music and i know we got some sort of gory stuff fairly recently but whatever i said he said at some point he was working on something uh, and um i said well i'd love to hear it and he said you'll be the you'll be the first when it's when it's ready when it's done. And I, I don't remember if that was, you know, he's got that band Wolf Manhattan project. Yeah. And then I think he was kind of working on some solo stuff too. 
but I don't remember. I mean, it's all in the fog of the pandemic. I can't remember when he actually said that, what specifically he said. It was just kind of this vague, like, Hey, I'm working on it. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm your biggest champion. Let me, I would be love to hear whenever there's something. So, you know, he works at his own pace. So I'll holler at him and, and check in, do one of our, you know, every couple months check-ins and that, see where he's at. That being said, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure it's it's on a bulletin board somewhere for the vault ideas, but uh, the ten year show that I want to hear the dirt bomb set somewhere on a oh, vault yeah. that would be good. I know the sound the sound cut out for <laughs> for half of it. However, I think that led to a a, a more interesting show. So I. I'd love to hear that too. Uh, just just throwing that out there. That's a great vault idea. Well, hey, while we're pitching here, I have another. One. Uh, what now, else you got? Now, Ben, you, we talked about this earlier. Uh, can, can you talk to Lorne and have Third Man put together a compilation collection of uh, highlight musical acts over the course of Saturday Night Live's history? I mean, what? what you got time? Like, why not? Like, just you know, just talk to Lorne Michaels. Just, just put a hat on Lorne. a hat. He knows. It's a hard one. It's a really, really difficult one. And that's why uh, it was a lot to make happen on that Jack White solo pitch. It's just, I think, is something tied up in, in corporate television structure or something. Uh, they're, they're not, they don't make it easy and they don't make it quick. But if you've got the patience and you've got the determination and maybe the money too, oh, yeah. uh, I, can't re- I can't remember that, you know, you have to pay to use it. I don't think it was... It wasn't cheap, but it wasn't prohibitively expensive either. It was kind of right in the middle. That was probably appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the things that, you know, I remember being a kid thinking that, like, why doesn't every band just put out every live <laughs> yeah. television performance they did? Like, this seems like the easiest thing. Like, I was always thinking about Nirvana's second performance on Saturday Night Live. Why don't they just do that? It's like, because mm-hmm. you got to pay for it. There is a good, I think it's a, Foo Fighters slash Nirvana bootleg CD that had like rehearsals of Saturday Night Live uh, uh, by Nirvana on the in utero performance. James and I would never, we would never listen to bootlegs, so we don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. (laughs) Not not after what happened with with the Eagle Man himself, uh, Eric Clapton and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the whole Germany thing. Anyway, he's had uh, enough of well, this BS. <laughs> do you remember? You should go go look up the quote that the White Stripes gave when they performed with Jeff Beck. Oh, you have to do. Do you know this off the top of your head? Well, that's. I don't know about the quote, but that's a great performance, James and I. Um, James, there's and I there's a quote that where Jack. I think it's before the performance. He speaks about you know the how they felt about being asked. So I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you are going to find it, and, and we will in your editing, in. you are going to read it. You're going to read it out loud, and you're going to laugh your ass off. question for you and if you can't answer this just blink twice um we we loved palladium the or palladium 
the seven inch great video amazing you any any new olivia stuff coming down the pike anything if you're blinking i can't tell blinking i'm blinking twice okay okay, okay. Right. i don't know what All i can right. say i don't know right. i don't know what i'm allowed to All just, right. blink. just blink just blink we like <laughs> it was nice it was nice i will to say hear. olivia is always always working hard and always always working that's yep. you know that's what you need to know yeah, right. She did mention to us that that she was re- like working on new material, so we we are eagerly anticipating it, and at the very uh, least writing it. I think at the yes. time was yeah, yeah. But um, that was yeah. We talked to her early, what I don't know, July something like that. Something like that. It's um, funny on that on that release is that that song is such a. Can I swear? Yes. Yeah. No, there's a the the writing and publishing credits on that song are such a clusterfuck <laughs> that. So like I, I knew a little bit like when before before they had recorded it or when they had recorded it and then like when I dug in I was like okay so there's a song called <laughs> whatever I can, I'm I'm now blanking the original isn't called play right. it's called the jerk yeah we we did that we talked about the spar it's the anyways the, there Olivia and Eleanor April are covering the Liz Brady song Palladium, which is actually a cover of the song. Is it called Hullabaloo or I'm, I'm looking it up here. I, cause we, we talked about this with them cause I didn't even realize it was a cover right away, but it's a cover of a cover. Yeah. And there's, and in, in the cover is a language change. And so they're translating from the translation going back with adding in blue room references. Um, and so what, what's happened is someone had reached out about trying to get the song, pitch it for licensing for movies, TV, whatever. And they're like, is that something you'd be up for? I'm like, absolutely. We're always up for that whenever we can. But just so you know, I, there was no trackable publishing information for this song. And one of, <laughs> one of the, one of the songwriters of the song has like four other songs registered with BMI, I believe, but not this specific song. So I said, if you guys can figure all that out, because you need to have the correct publishing, it's not anything that April or Olivia would have any control or sale over because it's a cover, even though it's it's an interpretive cover. You know, it's not a straight up thing. Mm-hmm. Both of these versions of the, the original versions of Palladium are from the 60s anyway. So we're going back 60, 55 years or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that must have been messy as hell. Oh my god, um, I'm looking. I I know I found the fucking thing because I was because they talk about it in the show and I can't find it right now. Hmm. Oh wait, the, the sparkles. sparkles. Yep, that's the, the band. It was the hip. The hip, yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah, the hip turns into palladium. Dans ce qu'on veut, allez au paladium, y'a rien de mieux. 
turns into April, March, and Olivia Jean Palladium translated back to English. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, that that single is great. The music video is great. The we Eleanor had she forced me and Paul to dance on yeah. video for her. Uh, it was to humiliating. Do it, to do yeah. It was very humiliating. <laughs> um, I feel used. Uh, <laughs> moving on now to, uh, another release from that month. Uh, peaches releases, releases pussy mask on third man. Now we had noted that the white stripes and peaches were on the same bill during the, the big day out in the, in the two thousands, which is something like 2003, maybe 2002, something like that. Yeah, 2002, um, I believe. Do you happen to know when Jack and Peaches first met or crossed paths? Or that would be oh. my guess. The the big day out. Okay, they were both signed to XL at the time too. So, um, uh, that makes the White Stripes signed to XL in September 2001. So anytime in, you know, I think that big day out was January 2002. So that that probably makes sense. Oh two. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how that release came to be? The new one, the Pussy Mask. Yeah, so we, I was talking with Peach's manager about something else. Maybe it was, I think it might have been the Hives live record, because she was managing the Hives too. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I've got this new Peach's song, Pussy Mask. I was like, well, I've got to hear it. Let <laughs> me hear it, please. And she sent that along, and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. We have to put it out. Put my pussy in the Senate. Have my pussy as your tenant. Where my pussy is a pendant. Pussy, pussy, pandemic. Pussy get credit. Pussy trend on Reddit. Pussy don't sweat it. Pussy want it. Pussy get it. Get it. My pussy wear a mask. My pussy don't play. My pussy wear a mask. Take cover from the spray. My pussy wear a mask. Been swaplets all day. My pussy wear a mask. Has it doomsday. And so it kind of came together, and yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's after the vaccines are out, mm-hmm. and it's. You know, the, the beautiful heady time of late February, early March 2021, where you're like, oh, shit, the pandemic's going to be over soon. We better hurry up and get this song out. <laughs> Joke's on you. Pandemic's never over. <laughs> yeah. <We're>, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we had we had talked with Peach's manager about doing, I, I still want to figure out, I've not heard the recordings of it, but Peach's did a one-woman show of jesus christ superstar wow called called <laughs> peaches christ superstar <laughs> um and i think that would be an amazing release I, I would love to put that out i don't i think there's probably some you know there's probably some hoops you have to jump through with is it tim rice steven sondheim i don't know who did i jesus think christ. sondheim sounds right but i'm not that's I'm not, because that's yeah. probably because he's just been in the news for dying but it might could be, be Tim Rice. It might be Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Clearly, I'm not a musical theater kid. This is what podcasts are for—just wild speculation and wild all. speculation. But no, that was that was a. Uh, I was super super stoked to to put out a Peaches record, man. That's that's really really yeah. awesome. It's the exact thing I expect from Third Man to happen at least once a year. There's got to be an ICP level event mm-hmm. uh, where you you release something that maybe thirty percent of the Third Man audience will be like, "Yeah, I get it," and then the other percent is, 
I'll buy it, but what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one ever said we weren't going to buy it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just it's it's the level of weird that I've come to love and expect. So uh, oh, that is much appreciated. That that is yeah, that's what we have fun doing. Well, speaking of level of weird, Ben, I think you are one of the few people in this universe who can answer this question for us. And again, if you can't, then just blink twice. But around this time in March, we had absurd scam records sort of start to pop up for the first time. We got the magic roundabout thing, which was teased at this at this particular juncture. What in the hell was that better peanut butter thing? Was that in reference to Third Man London or the new albums? Um, or can you not say that was, it wasn't anything to do with third man London. Okay. Okay. It, it, I, I'm trying to remember the exact specifics. I don't think it's on either of the two new albums. I could be wrong. Was he just fiddling around in the studio at that point? I that think was it was just, a... just a, I think it was just goofing, something goofing around and came up. I was like, ah, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> I could be totally wrong about that, but it was just like, you know, it's like you, you throw stuff out there and get people guessing. Yeah. You throw the peanut butter at the wall and see what sticks. It might be, it might, yeah, it might be connected to nothing. <laughs> Connected to nothing, the new single by Jack White. Uh, <laughs> uh, James it. and I, as soon as I came out, James and I are like running it through filters. We're playing it backwards. We're changing the tempo. We're fi- we're trying to. I just, I would actually really love if it was truly connected to nothing. <laughs> it might be. It might just be a red herring. I love that. That's really uh, great. Yeah, very, very good. Um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on to April. Then the White Stripes released the Seven Nation Army Glitch Mob remix on Seven Inch, which we had heard interviews and things in the past that Jack has been somewhat tickled by the folk song status of Seven Nation Army, being played for a variety of events over, throughout the world, soccer matches, etc. And I would uh, kind of assume this release of the the Glitch Mob remix kind of falls under that same type of category. Can you tell us how this one sort of came to be? I think those guys did it on their own and kind of just threw it out into the world uh, some time ago. Yeah. And um, this kind of ties in with the, the White Stripes, the kind of overall archival marketing campaign behind, you know, the albums are, are now licensed with, with Sony worldwide. Mm-hmm. Most of Jack's material all is at this point. I think there might be one or two albums that are uh, that are you know yet to turn over to them. But uh, so it's just kind of like you know we were in you know starting with the greatest hits and then leading into that uh, that seven inch and then coming up through White Blood Cells twentieth um, anniversary. Just kind of like in this campaign to remind people about the White Stripes. Yeah. 
can't remember when that when exactly that remix was done in around for a minute and so it was like well this is this is as good a time as ever to to put it out there so didn't it chart in like 20 like 15 i want to say i i I have a memory of it charting yeah it was in it was in like battlefield uh video game trailer or something like that yeah (laughs) um and people flipped over that and um and people flipped over the seven inch it was sold out pretty quickly and we had to get represses happening sooner than we had expected yeah, it was nice to see a White Stripes thing on the shelf. I mean, uh, granted, the Greatest Hits had just come out, but like, I was finally able to go to a record store for the first time in April, and I was like, oh, cool, White Stripes stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on the new side? Yes, right. please. All right. <laughs> so even if it was uh, archival and older, it was, it was a fun thing to see there. Now, in conjunction with this release, there was an NFT <laughs> released as well, now, is this the closest thing we're going to get of Jack White entering the NFT space, which is a sentence I definitely just said out loud? I, w- Paul and I are not what we, what, what in the parlance, crypto bros. We are not that. Um, yeah. We yeah. are more like crypt keepers in yeah, that. Crypt keepers, yeah. Uh, but but uh, um, I don't know. It was it was kind of um, it came from someone on, on the team. You know, someone had a connection. This here, the other thing, whatever. And I was like, well, you know, see if it, if people want it, people, you know, if it works, I think it did. Okay. I don't think it was, it went terribly. I don't think it went like crazy, but it was also, I think, unfortunately timed, you know, based on when we had started the work, which was before NFTs went crazy, but by the time we got it to market, which was like kind of right when things started to glut a little bit, like there was mm. too much out there. Yeah. Um, I think that the timing was maybe a little bit unfortunate, but you know, you got to, you know, check in on things and, and make sure you're at least exploring what the options are out there. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on an opportunity. So, well, it's just like, you know, I wouldn't say there's, there's, um, that there would never be anything ever again. Um, but at least we, we know we got a little bit of the knowledge going into it, uh, at this point. I just love that third man is so on top of this stuff and it just plays against that whole Jack White is a Luddite narrative that people and websites and clickbait loves to perpetuate because it's just like you guys are always at the forefront of this stuff. And there is a world of difference between not wanting a phone at a show and being a like like turning your back on technology. Like It's two different things. So I was actually really, I'm now, again, James and I are not NFT people, but it was just really nice and gratifying to see that there was, there's all this exploration that's going on all the time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Part of my job. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to skip over uh, actually a few months here just to make sure we get to all the, the, the stuff we want to talk about. But in I'll just sort of run down the list here in May. We There's some more Nugs releases. Uh, we get Natalie Bergman. The album actually comes out there. In June, we have the uh, Record Store Day, uh, Bobo Jenkins, my all-new life story release, as well as the White Stripes 20th anniversary White Blood Cells uh, vault and release, <clears throat> which was great, by the way. We did a whole uh, episode on that one, and we brought... On Stuart Sykes. Stuart Sykes. We brought on Stuart Sykes. Thank you. <laughs> don't be don't be fooled. I didn't listen to the episode. <laughs> we brought on Stuart. Uh, he uh, was lovely. He was he was great. We 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 talked with him for a while. And so anyway, that was an awesome release. But then in July here, we have the Bobby Gillespie and Jenny Beth collaborative album Utopian Ashes. 
Now, this is a really, really cool record that I discovered when we did our Third Man London Spotlight episode because we had on a guest, Jamie Rich, who was a big fan of Bobby Gillespie's stuff and was singing the praises of, uh, of this new record. Was Bobby ever in the running to be part of the Third Man London releases at any point in time? There was attempts and there was conversations about it, but I think, yeah, just just timing-wise, and, and I think we'd already had enough stuff stacked that, yeah, for, for a multitude of reasons, just didn't it just didn't come to fruition in that regard. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. But he was at, I mean, he was at the opening, and I mean, I've seen, that, that guy was at Dirt Bomb shows, like... <laughs> like 18 years ago or something like that. So like he's, you know, as you get older, you, you find out, you know, the, there's names and there's bands and there's these kind of personas that you think, Oh my God, this is a, this is this huge rock star that might as well be like a cartoon character. Like they're so big. <laughs> they're so, and car- I mean, just in their, in their kind of, yeah, their, their omnipresence almost. And, and I've, I kind of thought of Bobby in that way. And then when you meet them and get to know them and you have friends that get to know them, like, oh, this guy is just, he just loves music and he's a, he's a fan and he, he wouldn't be able to do anything else. It's not like, ah, I'm going to actually go and be a lawyer now. Right. No, it's like those people, Bobby Gillespie's one, Jason Pierce from, from Spaceman 3 and Spiritualized is another, you know, if we're using British examples, yeah, those guys are just like, no, they, they love it and they live it and, and they will always be in this, this world creating and the world's a better place for it. Absolutely. I, I was not really terribly familiar with Bobby's work, actually, up until that release. And, and Jamie, uh, again, shout out to Jamie Rich. He's got a new series coming up on Netflix called Lady Killer. Everybody check it out. That's a plug for Jamie. But he was really evangelizing all the stuff that you guys were doing with Third Man London. And in fact, had sends me texts periodically whenever he does buy something from you guys. And the last one I got, I was at the St. Vincent show out here in the Hollywood Bowl, and I checked my phone after the opener, and it said, uh, the text was just simply Kaminsky porn, and it was all of this third man stuff he bought from you guys, which again, could have been incredibly <laughs> problematic had it been... <laughs> <laughs> well, one would assume that was uh, Paul had immediately contacted a PR agency yeah, yes. to, to really just get on that, and um, so we really we we were very proactive. Moving on to Vault 49, uh, the Bob Dylan Springtime in New York bootleg series, volume 16, 1980 to 1985. I had to give the whole the whole title there. It seems uh, that not a year goes by without Third Man putting out a major legacy artist and a gigantic collection of material on Third Man. Now, obviously, Jack White and Bob Dylan are friendly and have been for quite some time. 
what made this volume of the bootleg series kind of the right collaboration for third man and, and Dylan. Cause this is one of the first times that if, if not the first time that, that Dylan's kind of putting stuff out on, on this label. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there's always conversations that, that you have with people that <sighs> I, I, I'm very fond of saying to people like, we should do something and it might be five years before that ever happens, or it might be something, you know, tomorrow that we should work on together. And so you kind of just have a lot of irons in the fire that, um, you know, you just kind of be ready to hop on, hop into whatever. What I really liked about the Dylan early eighties material is that from, from my perspective, and I'm not a huge Dylan head, like I'm probably deeper than most people, but there's a lot of people who are deeper than I am from my perspective was the idea that it is so previously maligned that people just discredit it and hate on it. And the idea of taking that on was interesting to me. okay, let's, let's see what this is. Let's see what the recontextualization is. And the set producer and the, the uh, writer of the liner notes did a, a wonderful job of actually presenting that, presenting the context and painting the picture that if you didn't know anything, if you heard nothing about this era of Dylan and just had this box set, I think it fits in well with the entirety of his canon. You know, it does not seem like a weak point at all. And, and this is, this is the, I think the plus side is, is this became the era where, Dylan was accused of keeping his best songs off of his albums, <laughs> which is if you're putting together a collection of things that weren't on albums, it's a great, uh, great <laughs> trick to have in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, for but sure. But the, uh, you know, the funny thing is we, we uh, you know, so we worked in conjunction with Columbia, Dylan's label to doing that. They did the big CD set and they did a, a pared down two LP version. So we did our four LP version. And when they kind of, broke it out and like, okay, here's what we see those four LPs being. I saw that Blind Willie McTell wasn't on the vault LP. There's a little literal, like pretty close to verbatim conversation I had with the, the producer at uh, Sony Columbia, which was, listen, trackless looks great. I love it. Just got to say though, Blind Willie McTell <laughs> is one of my boss's favorite songs of all time. And I am going to get yelled at if it is not on this. That's awesome. You know, I'm speaking with a little bit of jest there. Um, they're like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really, we don't really have a way that we can swap it out based on what we, you know, it was featured on the two LP version. It wasn't going to be on the four LP version. We're like, oh gosh, what are we going to do here? And they're like, well, you know, there is another take of Blind Willie McTell that we weren't going to put out. What if we just put that on a seven inch, like a standalone third man seven inch? And I'm thinking, well, that's way cooler than having it on the vault package. So yeah, so that I think that's the first take of Blind Willie McTell on that seven inch paired with the version that is on the two LP Springtime in New York, the Selects. I've seen the arrow on the doorpost Saying this land is condemned All the way from 
from New Orleans to Jerusalem Well, I traveled through East Texas Where many martyrs fell And I know no one can sing the blues like Blind Willie McDill so yeah, we got two different Bob Dylan releases this year. I'd say 2021 was all right. Pretty, <laughs> pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff. Do those two ever do any recording together? I mean, even just like throwaway jamming kind of stuff. Was there music played <laughs> that was ever put to tape of those two? I, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's called Elevator Door. You can catch it uh, coming out later this year. Uh, <laughs> um, so we have uh, we have the Blue Room Bar also opened in uh, July, which is which is really awesome. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, uh, su- super cool. A, a great extra you know functionality for that space. Uh, James and I very much looking forward to getting shit faced and doing something inappropriate in that bar. Uh, when, yes, when absolutely. Um, Let me know when you're in town. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about is in August here. Now, Cash and Sky are a wonderful new folky countryish rock indie duo. And I really wound up loving this group when I heard this, the seven inch uh, that came out, the No More Candy. And before I understood that there was a Rilo Kylie connection, I thought that they reminded me a little bit of Rilo Kylie, and I'm a huge, huge Jenny Lewis fan. And I was wondering, now we have two Jenny Lewis third man connections. We've got the Jenny and Johnny that was released, uh, which was a live performance uh, cut direct uh, to cut to vinyl from the... Uh, no, cut to tape was before tape, we did direct. Yeah. Uh, and that was released, which See, is Wait, awesome. let me pause right now. See, this is that's the kind of thing that when I listen to your episodes, like something little like that will sneak in, like you'd say direct to disc. And there's no me to pop in and say, no, you're wrong. And that like gets under my skin and like, like I want to like listen to your episodes and write notes. I just don't have the time. I don't know where I'm going with this, but no, I just I wanted mean, to say that. We what did, else are you doing, Ben? We did, say at the, <laughs> we did say at the top of this that we disappoint you frequently. <laughs> also, that's exactly what I do at every podcast. Anytime I hear any sort of information that I know a little bit more about, yeah. of like yelling at the podcast. Yeah. You don't know that. Yeah. You should. Li- anyway. You should. You should behold me listening to Paul McCartney podcasts and talk about somebody who was shit on in the eighties. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, what, what's what are they doing there? You, Jenny and uh, Jenny and Jack ever going to do something? With, this is not really a question so much as like, come on, th- come on. I don't know. She, uh, I think she would spent some time in Nashville not too long ago. I don't know. It's on the tour. Years. Oh. No, just like I th- I think she was maybe doing demos in Nashville. She was around. Yeah. I was uh I ran into her at a local restaurant and I bought her dinner. I was oh. happy to say like, "Hey, you know, welcome uh, you know, enjoy your time in Nashville, you know." That's lovely. And uh I don't know, I didn't think anything about it. It's not something that I I do regularly or randomly, but she 
obviously remember doing the Jenny and Johnny thing and I was there with my kids. And so she was very nice to my children. Yeah. Was the dinner at the Kid Rock restaurant that, that recently opened? <laughs> no, it, was, it was at Moss Tacos, my favorite <laughs> restaurant. But it was funny. What I thought was funny was I think the next day I got either a call or an email from her manager that said something that was really nice that you bought Aww. dinner for Jenny. She mentioned that to me and she said she thought that was really sweet. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that that showed up so much on her radar that she would even thought to mention it to you. But that just, I don't know, people who are, who are doing, you know, fighting the good fight, doing the right things, like little tokens of that. I sound like I'm like patting myself on the back. No, no, no. I will. I'll pat you on the back for that one. That's great. She's one of those artists out there, which I feel the same way about Jack White, where her original band was the thing most people know her for, but, me for me personally, I like listening to her solo material more than I go back to Rilo Kylie records. And I feel the same way about Jack, which I know is sacrilege to some people, but I prefer just personally, I really like Jack's solo material. I really like the places he pushed things. And, you know, there's a point of familiarity, I think, at two where you get you get to know the the old records so well that that you maybe don't return to them as often as the new stuff. But I love Jenny so much. I, I would love to see those two do something together. And even if they didn't, it'd be great to uh, to see her perform at, at one of the Third Man locations. So hopefully we can see that in the coming years. Agreed, and, agreed. And one of those locations recently opened up. Um, uh, what a the, transition, Jay. Segue, 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 which is Third Man London opened up. A hell of an opening. We get a new concert. We get the official debut of Jack's new hair, which is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All of these new releases, it's wild. We get finally get uh, the absurd scam is lifted. I can't wait for Swank's Muscle Milk or whatever that, that place is. Uh, <laughs> muscle I, muscle Tea Emporium. Yeah. Yes, I can't wait for that to open, although Swank should venture into Muscle Milk too. That would be a whole new thing. <laughs> whole new thing i have to say i have to say you know the funny thing is about you know we mailed those invites to i think it was everyone who is a subscriber in the uk and being outside the store on that opening day it was funny how many people told us oh yeah i threw it away (laughs) i i had no like they did not like the like to us the idea was this is so obvious this is so clear where this is coming from but apparently we didn't know that in the UK that junk mail there is like 10 times more omnipresent than here in the United States. So people just get tons and tons and tons of bullshit in the mail that they just pay no attention to. So it was like, oh, wow, there was a lot, a lot at play that we didn't even know about that worked to our advantage. But yeah, I slightly interrupted you. Was there a question there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, we mentioned that we did a whole spotlight episode in the London opening already. But can you tell us a point in which you realized that the wouldn't it be nice to open a storefront in London was kind of turning into a, hey, I think we're actually opening a storefront in London. Basically, when did this idea get kind of serious? I know that the idea was kind of brewing for a while and then the pandemic kind of gave you guys the time to be able to get it ready. But like, was it really going to happen 
before the pandemic? Like, was it kind of on the back burner? And then it. I mean, we the 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 earnest conversations were 2019, mm-hmm. and then like actual boots on the ground started in 2020, and we still thought we may. You know, at the time we thought, oh, we, we might be able to do this in 2020. And then like as like maybe <sighs> midway through the year, it's like, uh, yeah, this might just be like a, a little bit of a holding pattern, um, but we'll see. But ultimately it felt it felt like it, it worked. I could not have imagined it, that opening being any better in terms of rollout, in terms of, you know, reception. I mean, we've done a couple of these things now. And they, they're fun. They're a lot of work, but they're incredibly rewarding. Just, you know, that sense of accomplishment style. So, well, we have actually opened in my editing right now is an episode with Ben Jenkins and Christine Edgington, where we talk about the other big one that Jack had this year, the Warstick HQ as well. So but between those, yeah. two, it was a, a phenomenal uh, year in just in terms of those kind of big live events. And it's just yeah. great. It's just great to see Jack out there and he looks happy and he looks energized. And James made, made a comment about the hair. We fucking love the hair. I mean, it feels new. And he, he I don't know if you could, if you, I obviously you can't speak for Jack, but there does seem to be a particular kind of happiness and energy about him with this particular set of circumstances and these new albums. Have you detected that kind of shift in him at all? Um, let me think. You know, I think it's just, you know, when you you find that spark of inspiration, you chase it. And there's this been an inspiring year. There's been lots of stuff going on. Can you guys be quiet out there? <laughs> I'm trying to poo. <laughs> I knew that wouldn't last. I knew that wouldn't be able to keep quiet. It's, it's okay. I know we've, we've taken a lot of your time, so yeah, it's... I think it's I think it's just an exciting it's an exciting time period on a thousand different levels. And so you know, London was crazy too because we had we were prepared to have taking me back out as a seven inch at the London yeah. opening. We we had a question about this. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just like, okay, we're gonna do it and it's gonna happen and it'll roll out in its own way. And then at some point we're just like you know, if Jack plays a show and he has a new record out and he, and we're talking about him playing the song at the show, right? that will be, that's difficult. That becomes the fourth line in your news story is third man London opens, you know, because all that other stuff seems far more okay. attention headline grabbing. And so we're like, you know what, let's not take that attention away. Let's, 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 to rethink what we're doing here so we had theorized well i had theorized and james said i was wrong which i guess i am wrong now confirmed i thought maybe it had something to do with the the video game thing because the call of duty licensing the, the call yeah. of duty licensing because they might have wanted that first bite at the apple but um i guess i was wrong
put those uh, London singles together? Was that Swank? Uh, it's a little bit of Ben Swank's, a little bit of Dave Buick in Detroit. Okay. Um, and then some of our London team too. Uh, yeah. I think Camille and Molly over there had, had their hands in a couple of different things. But yeah, like total total group effort. Yeah, we had thought, uh, I think Jack mentioned in an interview that because Ben had even lived over there for a while, he was just really, really ensconced in the scene. Um, oh, yeah, that's 100 yeah. percent. Like he that was like that was a lot of our advantage was was his knowledge of just general knowledge of things there. Right. Uh, it was very, very helpful. That Ruffin record is excellent, by the way. Really, really wild uh, to hear that. And we just so it's so crazy i think i read in the official copy that it was unclear like why it never came out or there was some kind of like yeah yeah confusing confusing as all hell and we had thought that that artwork was original artwork and then the guy that that actually put it together in whatever the 2000s for the cd release was like it's not original this is from 20 years ago um he's like but that's the greatest compliment i could have ever gotten Oh yeah, because twenty years ago they put it out on the in a CD collection. I think yeah, it was CD only, right. and so um, whoever you know handed us the file from you know the Motown archives, like yep, that's the original artwork and yeah. uh, whatever. Wow. So Oof. we only have a, a couple more questions here, but uh, this this next one, in fact, I think it's just the last two here. But the this next one isn't really a question. Just I'm very excited to to hear the new, the new Lola Kirk record coming out and uh super stoked to see what what's in store for her on third man i'm imagining almost a a margo price natalie bergman style push there which would be really fantastic because her music is fucking awesome she kind of enter into the orbit was she brought in by anybody in particular um i i don't know the exact story yeah but i do know that she had kind of ended up running into a couple different people in the third man nashville team and hanging out and becoming friends and it became uh this like whole hey there's an album or there's recordings happening whatever and, and you know kind of similar to you know how i described that natalie bergman of like you know there's no there's no predestined predetermined path of pitch here you know it just kind of things come across your plate and it was like well yeah we should do this this is this is interesting there's something compelling here So yeah, I'm really excited for for everyone to to see and, and hear how that uh, how that comes out. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome, and she's she's such a personality, and she's got again giving me big Margot Price vibes in her social presence and things in the sense of like she's got that awesome 
fuck you, I'm a rock star thing happening, you know, but not in an aggressive way, in like a fun sort of way. Like attitude. Yeah, attitude. Yeah. Like, you know, self-assurance is, is right. definitely something that you need in the business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. it's not always a given. It's not, and not everyone has it. So right. when they do uh, look out. <laughs> the last question we have here is preceding the unveiling of Fear of the Dawn and Entering Heaven Alive, the, the two new Jack White albums, which were, were thrown at us <laughs> in, in October. They were, he, he was just like, I've recorded two of them. Ha-ha! I'm not just upholstering couches anymore. And though I would love to see more of the upholstered couches, I'm glad he's, he's still doing that. And the, the art site was amazing and, and all of that. But these, these two albums, which uh, we were all kind of expecting for a while kind of selfishly i think me me and paul are like it most artists are doing are doing this right they're recording during covid and then we went <laughs> we, we went through a, a phase of like well it's so it's selfish to ask the artists to do this and they're pursuing other interests and then he was like we did it and anyway i'm rambling about that anyway it was really cool and we saw that he had taken a picture in front of the lazaretto stuff in a fear of the dawn way uh with the car outside of the the la place where the lazaretto stuff was there and then he was in front of the angels which me and paul were at (laughs) in la in july we found we called and uh and they're like they were expecting us to be halloween h2o fans because uh, I guess all of Halloween H2O was shot in there. And to the caretaker's credit, he's like, all right, you goofballs, come on in. And so he let us, he walked us around and we saw those angels and they are just like little piece of shit lawn ornaments, like plastic lawn ornaments. <laughs> and we were like, that this. are that are relegated by the pool equipment. Yeah, they were they were by the dumpster. And James and I are like freaking out about this guy's dumpster, and he's like, "Are you guys okay?" We're like, "That's them." <laughs> uh, so that being said, I am sure the caretaker, if he was there while Jack was there, mentioned that two assholes were also here <laughs> earlier in the year, the first of the kind, because we we're the first ones I think who asked him. Wow. That's um, yeah. Anyway. anyway. It was a it was a weird like huh um, kind of moment, but there's a, likely a lot you can't tell us about these two upcoming LPs. I, I I don't think anybody is expecting you to to give information away. Uh, but without spoiling anything, uh, can you talk a little bit about Jack's recording process throughout COVID? Do you know anything about that, or would you rather that wait until <laughs> the album cycle kind of? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably I think that's probably more for him to say. That's fair. Um, than not, but you know, we we have put out the the seven inch of taking me back at this point, and so you'll see that you know the electric version he played all the instruments, yeah. and on the acoustic version he had kind of a you know third man our team yeah. uh, backing him on that. It was exciting to see Pokey's name come up again uh, yeah. in, that, in that roster. Hell yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I guess, you know, the, the best thing you can say is that there's, I don't know if there's any real conclusions you can draw from, from that. It's kind That's of uh, one end of the spectrum to the end, to the other end of the spectrum. But um, I will say I am, I probably say this about every Jack release, you know, where he's the, the primary songwriter or one of the primary songwriters that it's my favorite thing he's done you know, every every new album is my favorite thing he's ever done. But I I, I really really love this stuff. <laughs> like I like holy shit. I I first uh, I I got COVID this year. Woo who you know woe is me. And I first heard Fear of the Dawn 
while being locked down in COVID and, uh, you know, the completed version of it. And that was pretty cool. That yeah. was like, holy shit, this is, this is something, I don't know. I felt like it was a, like, it's a, it's a game changer. And I now, guess- now, do you think they gave you COVID so that you would have to be isolated and couldn't tell anybody about the album? <laughs> This is a joke. I'm not actually serious. <laughs> the fact that you're saying they gave you COVID. <laughs> well, look, my f- my freedoms is all I'm saying. But my freedom. Kidding. Exactly. <laughs> I, no, I, I think yeah. I think folks are going to be really really excited um, to hear both of these albums, and and they're they're two separate albums, and to see them live, I think it's it's going to be. I mean, shit, you know, it's going to be a fun year. There's, you know, already trying to plot out what shows I'm going to be able to go see, take the family yeah. to, you know, all that stuff. It's, we it's, got our uh, tickets. We're excited. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 So we'll be seeing them at the Anthem and possibly in Baltimore, but I, I'll have a two, two month old at that point in time. So, um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I've got my ones for, for LA and I'm, I'm really, really excited. Um, so, hey, Ben, we love you. Thanks for doing what you do. You're great. Yeah. Continue to yell at us and, and berate us. We're we're into it. Seriously. <laughs> no, there's no universe in which in which we should be able to talk to you with this frequency. And yet we do. And, none and of with that this is, candor. None that of that matter. is lost on us. And we just really appreciate you. And we really appreciate everything you Well, the, the well I'm, a, I'm appreciative of you guys and, and everything you do and you know you guys are the a, a voice out to the rest of all these third man fans out there which is always appreciated yeah man 2022 this is going to be a there's a lot of shit going on and it's going to be a it's going to be a fun year that's that's what i feel right now and if i die in the next 12 months you can also use that in the rip <laughs> podcast clip <laughs> now I have, be, one, I have one more yeah. pitch for, i have one more pitch for you ben uh, the the wonderful band Radkey uh, recorded our new season theme song for the Third Men podcast. I have been waiting for a Radkey Third Man Records uh, collab for a while now. This seems like a great opportunity. Oops, send saying. me the audio. Send me the audio. Just, I'll, give it, okay. I'll give it a listen. Put it out there. <laughs> my, my wife had to stop me from building decks for you, Ben. Not like a deck in the backyard, but like at a PowerPoint, you know. Um, we love you, Ben. We love everybody at Third Man. Give everyone uh, our, our well wishes and Happy New Year and all of that. And uh, we're really, really excited for next year. Thanks so much, guys. We'll, uh, we'll be listening. All right. Ben. All right. Thanks. Thank you. The Third Man Podcast was created, edited, and produced by Paul and James Kaminsky. Our theme song, We're the Third Men, was recorded by the band Radkey, who can be found at radkey.net. To contact the show, visit thirdmenpodcast.com or email thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at the thirdmen underscore podcast on Instagram at thirdmencast on Twitter, and search The Third Men on Facebook. Thanks to our Patreon patrons, to everyone who has rated, reviewed, and subscribed, and see you next time.
I, I, I got, got two days. days. I, get, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to edit that, but I'm going to definitely read it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you can edit. It's like 20 seconds. What are you talking about? All right. All right. Fine. Hey, you got, got it. Hey, I got a uh, Hey, everybody. Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not-for-profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100-plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process, and we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So... To help break even on some expenses like those, James and I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like, chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on. It can be as much or as little as you can swing, and all donations are greatly appreciated. The last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash, so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough. But if you would like to help us out, that would be amazing. All right. It's all from me. Remember, you can head to patreon.com slash thirdmenpodcast and a huge thank you to everyone who's donated already. All right, everybody. I'll see you on the show. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. But uh, also in March, like the last couple of things here, we had this first sort of rumblings of absurd. Dragon comes and bites all your clothes off. Dragon comes and bites all your clothes off. That's my wife's ringtone. Dragon comes and bites all your clothes off. A dragon comes and bites all your clothes off. Yeah. Sounds like an act. Why is her phone in the soundproof the studio? Comes off. Well, well, the, the dragon, dragon is coming. Dragon to... comes and off. <laughs> <laughs> See, Ben, you, you were joking, I think, about the level of unprofessionalism. <laughs> Thank you. It's okay. We we get yeah, to explain I, to Ben about a dragon biting yes. clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> Has your wife ever been on the podcast, Paul? She has. Yeah, she, she actually, actually says the beginning stuff. She she does all the all our voiceover. Yeah, the uh, little intro. Because it's free. (laughs) Anyway. um, So you are one of the very few people in this universe who I could ask this question to and maybe get the answer. And if you can't blink twice.